Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Hope you're having a great day. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. And also, I'm on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, just go to YouTube and search DeHuff Uncensored. And again, hit that subscribe button. Today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and of course, Blake Street Tavern. This story has been around for a while. And it takes place back in 1957. There's been several articles. There's been books written about it. And there's been numerous podcasts that have addressed this story. And it's a fascinating story. And it's one of the best I've ever heard when it comes to never judging a book by its cover. So it's February 1st, 1957. And snow and ice are consuming LaGuardia Airport. Regardless of the conditions, Northeast Airlines Flight 823 took off after getting the green light after waiting for about three hours because the conditions were just crap. There was about 95 passengers and crew on the flight, and they were excited to finally get on their way to Miami. In fact, some of the passengers were already asleep. Then all of a sudden, less than a minute after takeoff, the co-pilot yells to the pilot, Ow! Ground coming up! That's what Basil Dixon said to Alvin Marsh. Then all of a sudden, the plane crashed into a patch of trees on Rikers Island, ripping off its wings and bursting into flames. Panicked flyers are scrambling through, grabbing on anything and everything they can, dodging flames. Fuselages just ripped open. It's just complete chaos. One man dragged out his, his crying wife out of the plane by her hair to try to save her. Burning babies were actually thrown from the plane to roll them into the snow to extinguish them. Survivors were crying out. They didn't know what to do when all hope seemed to be lost. Heroes tore through the darkness to save the innocent. Who were the heroes? The inmates of Rikers Island. We dive deep into this story here in a moment. But first, summer is here and there's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook Sports. Along with its usual vast betting menu, Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they're going to match 100% of the money of your money up to $500. It's never too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. So place your bet and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So Deputy Warden James Harrison was on duty the night Flight 823 crashed onto the island. And again, I want to say thank you to the New York Post for doing such an amazing job of detailing all these things that happened. So a big credit to them. That's where I got a lot of this information. They did the best job that I saw of organizing the info. But Warden James Harrison described the sound of a jolting explosion and seeing the brightest light he had ever seen. So working in the the shadow of LaGuardia's flight pass, Harrison always feared that this moment would happen. And suddenly, it's he's faced with one of the most difficult decisions in his career. Do you help people 
by using inmates or do you just let them die? There were only 28 officers on duty, but there were 69 inmates available for snow removal. So he decides, shit, what do I do? Finally, he says, get the gangs who are ready for snow clearing. Harrison shouted to the desk officer. And that guy responds back with, there are no officers to send them with. He said, just send them out. The first inmate to arrive at the scene worked as a housekeeper for the jail's Protestant minister. He helped pull desperate passengers through the fuselage and doused their smoldering clothes and body with wet snow. He described several of the the victims as wearing like if they were wearing a wax mask and it was just melting in the heat. Flames and black smoke filled the cabin. The emergency exits were jammed. The back of the plane was completely on fire. Passengers climbed through windows or hacked out escapes with an axe. Stewardesses are trying to direct people in in ways to to find exits. But this is the crazy part. Some, Some flyers were so scared and so numb of what to do, they were paralyzed and they just stayed in their seats. In fact, journalist Alvin Moscow wrote, like horses afraid to leave a burning barn, they preferred the familiarity of their seats to the unknown. And that's pretty frightening to think about. You're so scared, you don't know what to do, and so you just sit there and you burn. So apparently rescuing women and children wasn't an option in this moment. People were just pushing and shoving and making their way to to freedom. There was a woman that got thrown to the ground, and she had a footprint from a man on her back for several months after the plane crash because some dickhead stomped on her back to try to escape. The inmates began pairing up with individual survivors and stayed with them until they got help. All the surviving passengers were taken to the jail where inmates in the infirmary gave up their beds as others handed out water and helped apply Vaseline bandages and other first aid items. In a reception room turned triage center, an inmate offered a cigarette to a passenger with minor injuries. The flyer said, he, he, he only smoked cigars, so the inmate ran off and brought a cigar back from his cellmate. I imagine that's a pretty big fucking deal. I've never been in prison, hope to never be in prison, but I'll, any of you that have ever been or know somebody, I feel like that's a big deal. That that dude was just like, you know what, fuck it. And he goes and hopefully his cellmate's just like, dude, yeah, here, here's a cigar. It's been up Tony's ass for about a month, so it's well seasoned. Enjoy I feel like that that's a big deal that he did that. There was a, another prisoner that was applying Vaseline to a woman's face. You know, she was in trauma. She says, how do I look? And as gentle as could be, the man says, you look fine, just fine. They, these guys weren't inmates at, the, at this time. They were just human beings helping. An inmate uh, had to be right around six feet tall and 300 pounds, walked around slowly, in the room rocking a boy of right around three years old in his arms. He was just cradling him. He hummed softly, oblivious to every everything else in the room, never shifted the burden in his arms, lest he disturbed the child who was sleeping blissfully. Alvin Moscow wrote. 
So a passenger named Kenneth Crowen was on board, and he was traveling with his six-week-old son, Mark. The plane crashes, of course, and what happened was his son was on fire, and he threw his son, Mark, outside because there was flames on him, and he landed in the snowbank. I only knew that in that moment that I needed to get him out of the plane, he says. That was the last time I saw him until two days later. He thought his son died. And then he eventually was reunited with him because an inmate found him, rescued Mark, the six-week-old baby, and made sure he didn't perish. By one o'clock in the morning, all survivors had been taken to city hospitals, and every inmate was back in his cell. Not one of them tried to escape. Not one. 60 inmates eventually had their sentences reduced because of their heroic efforts. They didn't try to escape. They didn't abuse the situation and try to harm anybody. That's an amazing story. I know it's crazy. This isn't like a super funny episode, but it is one that you can go, shit, man, you just don't know what you're going to get. Your mind goes to if a plane crashes and you're all of a sudden going to be rescued by a bunch of inmates. That's scary as shit because you're just like, oh, what's going to fucking happen? Are they going to start stabbing me or doing something horrific to me? Are they going to use me to, to try to get to freedom? No, they didn't. These guys didn't. They used that moment to be human and to do something great with their lives, and not one of them tried to escape. Not one. That's a beautiful story, because it could have gone completely different. It could have gone completely different. If you ever have a story like this you want me to react to, please let me know to huffuncensored at gmail.com. And think about just being in the chaos of a plane crash in general, and then to realize where you're at, then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, these, I'm surrounded by prisoners? What the shit? I know we spoke to Jerry Schimmel last year. Jerry Schimmel was involved in a plane crash where he actually went back in and saved several people, including a, a young child. And I've never talked to him about it because I've been around when he's spoken about it. And I see the the emotions that roll through him. And I'm just like, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna bring him back to that because it's a very traumatic moment in anybody's life that has been involved in a plane crash. I have thankfully never been involved in one. I remember covering the, uh, what is it, the miracle on the Hudson, and that was crazy. But yeah, it's a beautiful story, scary, sad, but just gives you new hope in humanity. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Thank you so much to Superbook Sports, Blake Street Tavern, as well as Total Beverage. It's the Huff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.